Hey, welcome to the Saints Church Podcast. We are so happy to have you tune in for another incredible sermon. Let's tune in together. Saints Church, it is so good to see you. My name is Brett. I am the senior pastor. And it's an honor to spend this time together in your home, on your device, maybe it's in your car, uh, however you are taking this in. We're starting a brand new series of talks, a conversation called Saints Anatomy. That's right, Saints Anatomy. And I'm excited about it, and I'm so glad that you're with us. And I want to just make you aware of a few things coming up. Uh, April 14th, all in team night. If you serve on a team, if you want to be on a team, if you lead uh, a group, if you're in a group, if you if you are a part of Saints Church, no matter what location, Glastonbury, Glory Hills online, we want to join together April 14th. It's a Wednesday. It's the most fun you can have safely sanitized on a Wednesday night in the COVID era. We're going to celebrate some amazing uh, team members of ours, and uh, it's just amazing as we catapult forward into a brand new season, and we got a special guest joining us, linking in via video from Toronto. It's going to be awesome. Can't miss. You can sign up for all this in our weekly email. If you not if you have not yet joined our weekly email, just hit that link in the profile or uh, somewhere on the page, the platform that you are watching on today. Join that weekly email. You'll get all the information all in team night. Uh, You're going to want to be there. This is can't miss kind of stuff. This is can't miss stuff. Also, just reminding you about Alpha. And the best way to experience Alpha is to bring somebody along to Alpha. It's all online. It's via Zoom. Uh, This is the best time. If you have somebody in your life, you're like, I think they're ready to take a step forward. They're ready to have that critical conversation. Why don't you be the person that leads them? into that next season chapter they've got questions jesus has answers and uh, you can be a part of leading them into that but listen i am excited today saints anatomy now we're asking some questions what does it even mean to be the church right now what is what does church look like what does it look like to be a Christian right now. Um, We're kind of unpacking that. Paul has a thing or two to say about this in in Romans 12, 4. He says, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. I think there's something compelling about this thought that we all belong to each other, that we are gifted for a purpose, but it's for the common good. It's to do this together. We're tired of the phrase, we're all in this together, but what does it look like for us to be a church right now? What does it look like to be a Christian right now? The the word uh, that's used often in scripture for church is the Greek word ekklesia, and it's, it's, it's to be called out or to be called forth. That's really the root of it. Um, it. It was a political term. It was to be called out from one's house into a public square. And, and I can't actually think of a, a, a better descriptor for the church of being called out from your home, from our private lives into the public for a 
purpose. We've been drawn out, called out for a purpose. When we think about the word saint, you know, there's this, uh, I've got a lot of questions about this word saints. We're, we're saints church. We're saint. What does that mean? Is that exclusive? No, a saint um, in its most basic term it comes from a Latin word, sanctus, which has its root in a Greek word for holy. It means to be holy. It means to be set apart. You've been set out for a purpose. So you think about an ecclesia. You think about the church. You think about saints anatomy. What does it mean to be the church? And we're talking about people who are called out and set apart for a purpose. And I believe that God has an incredible plan and a purpose for you and for your life no matter what, what this season looks like or what season you are in, that he called you out for a purpose and that he wants to change you and transform you into his image. The most basic definition of saint is, is, is and it, as it was used in scripture, largely is anyone who is in Christ, anyone who's accepted Jesus Christ into their heart and lives with him is a, is a saint. Not this idea of somebody who's on a pedestal. It's anyone who's accepted Jesus into your heart. When you've accepted Jesus into your heart, you also accept that he has a plan and a purpose for you, that you are becoming the person that he created you to be. And you might feel like you don't have a direction, that you don't have a purpose, that, that you, ha- you don't have it figured out. You don't have to have it figured out because Jesus has it figured out and he's gonna lead you and guide you no matter what season of life you're in, no matter what moment you're in, he's got you. And we are a part of a body. The church is a body. It's not an organization, it's an organism. It's living, it's active, it's breathing. This, this, this expression of the local church, whether it's St. Church Glastonbury, St. Church Glory Hills, St. Church Online, you are a part of a body. You are a necessary part and we belong, we belong to each other. We have a responsibility to one another. That's, that's Romans 12. We have this responsibility to one another to be to be kind and tenderhearted. This is the book of Ephesians, to be kind and he- tenderhearted to one another, to forgive one another as God in Christ forgave you. This is the saint's anatomy. These are the attributes to be kind, tenderhearted, and forgiving. We could just end it all right there. That's what it looks like to be a saint, but we belong to each other and we belong to each other for a purpose and we each have a function. So we celebrate the function of our brothers and our sisters, our friends that that are part of this incredible family. And then Saints Church has its role as a part of the body in Edmonton and out in Parkland County and Spruce Grove and Stony Plain. We have this greater We are a greater piece in a bigger picture and a greater plan that God has for this region. And the same is true in the province and the nation and globally. And we are a piece of the picture. And we have one responsibility and that is to follow Jesus. Let's look at John 21. This is, if you were with us for Easter, we're just going to pick up that conversation exactly where Jesus and Peter left off. If you weren't, then then watch that after this and, and you'll pick up this whole conversation. So what a vibe on a beach, Jesus making breakfast, Peter leaves all the guys in the boat uh, cleaning up the fish and they're having this deep conversation and three times Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And, and Peter's like, yes, of course, of course I do. He says, then feed my sheep. But then the conversation continues 
on. It continues. He says this in John 21, verse 18. I tell you the truth, when you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you were old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. So Peter turned and saw behind them the disciple Jesus loved, who's, who's John, the one who had leaned over to Jesus during supper and asked, Lord, who will betray you? And Peter asked, come on, what about him, Lord? What, what about John? You know, you just told me I'm going to get chained up. I'm going to extend my hands forward. Someone's going to lock me up, drag me where I don't want to go. Uh, that's how I'm going to die. What about him? How is he going to die? And Jesus replies, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is it to you? I mean, these are hard, hard conversations. What is it to you? As for you, follow me. Jesus repeats the instruction, follow me. Then this crazy rumor breaks out that John's never going to die. Um, and that was just a rumor. That wasn't what Jesus was, was, was trying to say. Let's focus in on what Jesus was trying to say. And we can actually flash back to that moment that Jesus and Peter met, that flashback moment, same situation, same scenario, in a boat, Peter's fishing, uh, throw the nets on the other side. That's the instruction from Jesus the first time around, they're sarcastic. They, they're like, fine, whatever. We haven't caught anything. They do it. It's a miracle. And then Jesus calls out to them. This is Mark 1:17. Come and follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. Do you notice, do you notice that the, the one instruction that Jesus gives, the primary instruction that he gives to his disciples, both after his resurrection and before, when he calls them, come and follow me. Follow me. There's an implication of forward motion that we will be moving with Jesus. It's interesting to note that early Christianity was called the way. That's what, they, that's what they called it. Before it was known as Christianity, it was called the way. People were followers of the way. You can, you can find this all throughout Acts. Acts 19.23 is one of the, the most notable mentions of it. But the way, that they were followers of the way. Uh, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So if you, if you were following Jesus, you were followers of the way. You were a part of this beautiful movement. You were a part of this body which is moving and it is moving forward. You are moving forward into a future with Jesus. I just can't help but think about, um, I don't know if you sang this when you were a little kid, head and shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes, knees and toes, right? Eyes, ears, mouth, and nose. I think that's how it goes. Uh, we are a body, and we are following Jesus, and as the body, we are following him into a bright and glorious future. We are following him one step at a time, but we are following him for a purpose. Erwin McManus says it like this, Invisible kingdoms are at war for the hearts and lives of every human being who walks on the face of the earth. Did you get that? Invisible kingdoms are at war for the hearts and lives of every human being who walks on the face of this 
earth. So you and I are in Christ. When we are in Christ, we are saints. We are a part of the body of believers. We all belong to each other. We, and this body is, is moving forward. We are a movement that is moving forward, following Jesus. But for what purpose? There's this invisible war that is raging, that is, that, is, that is going on. There's this wrestling and this fight. We can flash back to Matthew chapter 16, talking to Peter still. So we're, we're still in this Jesus and Peter conversation. He says, and I tell you, you are Peter. On this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, oftentimes as believers, as the church, we take a very defensive posture. I think over time, over the years, over just getting settled in, into life, we, we like the narrative that the world is against us because we can, like, it kind of moves us forward. But the truth is, that's not what the Bible says. That's not what Jesus says. We are a part of this body. We all belong to each other. We're following the way. Jesus is the way. And he says this, I will build my church. Jesus is building the church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now notice this. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Gates are not offensive. Gates are defensive. You put up gates to keep people out. Okay? You put up a fence because you want your neighbor to stay out of your yard. You don't want your neighbor's dog going to the bathroom in your yard and ruining your grass, so you put up a fence. It says, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Why is it that we are, are quick to believe the narrative that all of hell is pressing against us and we're just hopeful that the gates of heaven will hold up when it says the other way around? The gates of hell will not prevail against what? He says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The church is a movement. We are moving forward, following Jesus. Us. And, and he's got a plan and purpose to, to, to intervene into this invisible war, this war that is raging in the hearts of every person. And, and he chooses you to move forward his message of hope and love and reconciliation to connect people back to his plan and his purpose for them. That's, that's what he was talking about when he, in Matthew 28. I mean, you know, if you've been around church, you've heard this. If, if, if you're new on this journey, then you're gonna be like, oh, okay, this is, this is our thing. Now, now I'm gonna read you Matthew 28. What, what I think it's helpful for all of us to understand is that in Matthew 28, what we find is basically every church vision statement and mission statement is some iteration of Matthew 28 said differently. You combine Matthew 28 and you, you jump earlier in Matthew where it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, all your strength, and all is within you, and, and love your neighbor as yourself. We just combine those two thoughts, and that's every church vision statement, mission statement ever. So let's go back to the source material so we can understand where are we headed because the truth is, this is where we, where we are headed as Saints Church. We are following Jesus. We are part of this movement. This is the way, you know, as the Mandalorian might say. Matthew 28, Jesus came and told his disciples, this is verse 18, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Jesus has all authority. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, 
I am always with you even to the end of the age. I'm sure of this. I'm with you even to the end of the age. So what do we do as Christians? What does the church look like? The church is in an offensive position that is moving forward, that is following Jesus. We are a body, and, and, and the more we can understand that each one of us is vitally critical to accomplishing this mission. And as more people join and become a part of our family and a part of this body, uh, we gain strength and, and we, we gain more dexterity and, and more, contr- more control and more movement and motion as, as, we, as we build up this beautiful body. And we are moving forward. We're moving forward to wage war. <sighs> to help people discover their purpose and to help people discover Jesus because when they discover Jesus, they find hope and they find life and they find their purpose. They find fulfillment. They discover that God created them. He's got a plan and a purpose for them. And this is how we do it. This is the game plan to go and make disciples. How do you go and make disciples? You use this part of your mouth, of your body, which is your mouth. I just gave away the punchline. You use your mouth. This is Acts 1.8. Again, might seem familiar to church people, but we read it and we, we gloss over it. If, if, if you're new on this journey, these are our directives. And it's, it's raw and it's straight up and it's explicit direction. This is Acts 1 verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. The Holy Spirit uh, wants to fill you. God's plan and purpose for you as a believer is to be filled with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will come upon you. You will receive a supernatural power, uh, an empowering of the Holy Spirit, and you will be my witnesses. You will be witnesses to Jesus. You're going to see things. You're going to see Jesus at work. You're going to see Jesus at work in your life. You're going to see Jesus at work in the lives of your friends and in the lives of your family. And then what do we do about it? You're going to tell people about me everywhere. Come on, this is the directive. These are the final words of Jesus. How many know that when somebody is saying, giving you their like their last breath and their last words that you pay attention? That's the moment in the movie when you turn up the volume and, and the talking gets quiet and the music gets loud and you listen in to hear the very last words. Therefore, go and make disciples. And you will be my witnesses everywhere. Tell, you'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. Dare I say, this is the way. Romans 12, 11 says, And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they loved not their lives even unto death. If we just flash it back to that conversation with Jesus and Peter, he says, listen, I'm just giving you a heads up. The way that you're going to die is going to be painful, but you're going to do it to bring glory to my name and the impact that your life is going to have is going to be exponential. It's going to ripple through. He's building on the earlier conversation. He says that I'm going to build my church. You're laying the foundation. So what was the foundation that Peter was laying? It was a life that was fully devoted, wholeheartedly following Jesus, not holding on to 
anything other than Jesus. Just saying, listen, I am following the way and I'm going to tell people about him everywhere. I'm going to make disciples. I'm going to baptize them. I'm going to teach them to, to learn to love the scripture and to follow Jesus. I'm just going to, I'm just going to point them towards Jesus. I feel like that's our job as a church. We're like a giant flashing neon sign pointing towards Jesus. We are called out from our homes into the public spaces as the ecclesia to spread the good news of Jesus everywhere. You're like, preacher, I've heard it before. I know. I know. But the struggle for us is a church as the church, as a part of the body, is to simply follow the way. Because we get distracted. And Jesus is calling us back to his first love, which is himself, which is him. And if we fall in love with Jesus, we get to know him, we get to know his heart. His heart is leaving the 99 to track down the one, it's to, to go find that which is lost. It's to connect people to this resurrection power which we're just celebrating. It's Romans, uh, sorry, Revelation 12, and they have conquered him who's the evil one by the blood of the lamb, so through Jesus, the sacrifice that he's made, and by the word of their testimony, for they love not their lives even unto death. You're like, this is getting intense. This is getting, this is, you are ramping up. You're saying that I need to love Jesus more than I love my life. I'm not saying that. <laughs> Jesus is saying that. I wonder what might happen <laughs> if we let go of some of the things that are driving the direction of our life. And if we just held on to Jesus? What if we just tried it for a week or 10 days or 21 days? What would it look like? And what if we just strip back all the things? Well, I have to do my ministry and my things and, and my purpose and these are my gifts. And what if we took it all the way back, understanding that we're a part of the body, we all belong to each other. And if we all belong to each other and we're a part of this body that's moving forward, that's following Jesus, that's moving in the direction of the way that we're a part of this battle, then let's just strip it back to the basics. We're on offense, not defense. We don't have to take a defensive posture because the world is against us. No, the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church because Jesus is building the church and you are the church and you are a vital plan. Uh, you are a part of his purpose for this earth to reconcile, to bring people back into relationship. That's a big word. All this to say, God's got a plan for your life and let's make it really simple. Let's make disciples. Let's not wait for somebody else to tell us to do it. Let's do it in our everyday life. It's not left for the professional Christians. It's for every believer, every person who's part of a body. And let's be witnesses. Let's be witnesses of God at work in our lives and the lives of others. If you haven't seen God at work in the life of others, it's maybe because you haven't said anything thing.
They overcome him by the blood of the Lamb, by what Jesus has done, and by the word of their testimony. Your story is important. I wonder what might happen if you told it. Today, the service might be coming to a close, but I just want to remind you church is just getting started because from the moment you close this app or you turn off your TV the church is stepping out into her purpose you're a part of that we're following the way we're following Jesus his instructions are simple just follow me follow me how I'll leave you with this quote from Erwin McManus. Just do whatever Jesus calls you to do the moment that it is clear to you. Do not procrastinate. Do not hesitate. Do not deviate from whatever course of action he calls you to. But I want to warn you, the closer you walk with Jesus, the greater the faith acquired. The more you trust him, the more you'll risk on his behalf. This is the way. Well, thank you so much for listening in on the Saints Church Podcast. Be sure to tune in next time and enjoy the rest of your day.